Welcome back to the Hockey House Pod, episode 122, presented by OptumX Sports. I'm your host, Mackenzie Murphy, as we bring you the latest news from the ACHA and AAU College Hockey. Sorry for the delay in episodes there. I had to take the week off. Some work things popped up, feeling a little bit under the weather, but we're happy that you're here with us this week and listening as we head into a holiday weekend. Collins, I'll throw it over to you. You're kind of in my book right now in the Northeast as we battle this horrendous weather uh, which is not very holiday season like. No, it is not very holiday season like. We got the bulk of the rain yesterday, absolutely flooding last night, backyard flooded, and it was quite the welcome home. I got home last Tuesday. Before that, though, we, we split in the game of the week, um, or game one of the games to watch against westchester in dramatic fashion it was weirdest way for both teams to walk away with three points so we lost the game to watch in the exact same scoring order as the 2023 echa playoff championship which was a bit sucky so we went up one nothing they match we go up two one they tie it up heads to ot they win in the uh in ot go back home next day 5-4 final in the shootout. Still a shot to win the league, as if this league is not getting any wider. It's going to be a dogfight till the end. I got to ask because I know in my time at Syracuse, whenever we did this, it was always really cool to see like the guys reactions from it. I know you've been working behind the scenes for a really long time on that third Jersey release. And it seemed like the internet was a big fan of those outside of people in Orono, Maine, who I guess think Villanova is ripping off you Maine for some weird reason. The reveal was sick. I think, was it part of a video project you were doing for class too? Yeah, it it was part of a a project I was doing for class. It was like the final project. We could do anything we want. Some people chose to work in groups. And one made a a movie called Frat Film, which was everything you expected it to be and more. But yeah, so I was like, all right, this is an excuse to, you know, kill two birds with one stone, get an A and drop something for Villanova. And the response was overwhelmingly positive on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. I posted it to Reddit like Herm did with the Syracuse Blue Alts. I did not get the same response that Herm did on Reddit. A lot of people in in Maine just straight up calling it copies. And I get it. Like, you know, Maine is at least team in the college hockey world that wears powder blue and, and navy. But everywhere else is Villanova and UNC. I've got some big things cooking in the realms of, of video production that I can't really talk a ton about but stay tuned there's gonna be a lot of cool stuff to come we'll throw it over to our executive producer david herman who got to go home for the holidays for a little bit happy hanukkah herm i know that it's over hanukkah came and passed since the last time we talked but i know you got to go home you got to go to a rangers game which looked unbelievable so i'm sure it's been a busy couple of weeks for you it's been a while since i've been back in the garden which was a ton of fun obviously not the result that you're looking for with a uh with a seven to three loss and out of character performance for igor shesterkin it was a lot of fun to to be back in Manhattan and especially with friend of the show Lord Martino. Things are things are really picking up here in Utica. 4-0 start for Utica City FC. A 500 season so far for the Comets. We're hoping that bounces back soon. New Year's game right around the corner. Yeah, and, and if anyone listening, you know, if your NHL team needs a win, volunteer to go to a game with David Herman because when I went to a game with him, the Rangers played terrible lore goes to a game and uh the rangers play terrible so if your team is in a slump call up david herman i'm sure he'll be more than happy to to break out one of his sick rangers jerseys and i felt bad i, I was texting lore because you, you broke out one of your best sweaters for that game had the brian leach lady liberty jersey the common thread is it's the same hoodie that i wore in st louis as well so it, that's really what's over too right now so that might have to get retired we might we might have to find a, a different gray sweatshirt to to go with instead correct me if i'm wrong because i think when we were at the game at st louis i think when they went down i think the first thing you said was like well i'm glad i'm not wearing the brian leach jersey that might have been it. And I, I looked at a lot of different jerseys. So that one that one might have to go back in the closet for a little bit. I've got plenty more to pick from, though. And last but certainly not least, the fourth member of this crew, Fitzy. I had to save you for last because I, usually when you join us midseason, I throw it to you first. So I wanted to keep the listeners on the toes 
joining us from Huntsville this week, Colin Fitzgerald. I, I was a game time decision tonight, so not much going on, honestly. Um, we got a game uh, the 23rd and the 26th, so Christmas is canceled this year. It's, it's all right. We got, we got a good group of guys. Probably hear them right now. They're watching WWE and screaming, so at least I got them to spend the Christmas Christmas time with. Going along the lines of the Comets, we're pretty much 500 right now, and we're looking to to turn it around here in the new year. I don't think we talked about it last time you were on, but in other minor league sports news, your brother signed a new contract. He's moving on. Um, I saw his tribute video from Worcester earlier today. Have you gotten to talk to him at all about that? He's super pumped. I mean, obviously it, it sucks that uh, he has to leave Worcester, but I think it's a really good opportunity for him. The goal all along was to play at the MLB level, and that wasn't really a, uh, an option with the uh, the Red Sox. So it's it's exciting. He'll be if he is in AAA, he'll be much closer to home uh, in Omaha, which is actually back to where he played college with Creighton. So. Hopefully he's, he's on the big league squad, but if not, it'll at least be close to home and I'll be seeing a lot more games then. Yeah, that's awesome. And Herm, I'm sure you can touch on this as well, but I think it's really cool to, you know, when, you know, in minor league sports, guys are bouncing all around, but he seemed to have a really good connection with the people of Worcester, which, you know, Herm, the reason I throw it over to you is I'm sure you've seen that in Utica on both sides in soccer and on the hockey. Yeah, Timmy Goldman for Utica City FC we have joked could easily be the mayor of Utica. We just had a mayoral race. Timmy lived in Syracuse at the time and just finalized his move to Utica. If he had done that a couple of months earlier, landslide victory for Mr. Hootery himself. Same goes for a guy like Sam LaBerge or Joe Gambardella, or Ryan Schmelzer, all guys that are super, super active and volunteering in the community on the common side. Awesome stuff. Like I mentioned before the show, my Wi-Fi may be spotty here. We're we're you know torrential downpour here in New Hampshire. We got the rain that Collins got down in the mid-Atlantic, except we combine that with all the snow that we had that is now melted. So we're getting the, the same type of floods we usually get in the spring. The covered bridges are all closed up. The football fields are all flooded. It is going to be a wet Christmas up in northern New Hampshire, which is unfortunate because, you know, our, our number one thing here is we're a ski town. So there won't be much skiing in the near future here, which is a bummer. The kids on the ice have been doing awesome. I, I think since the last time we talked, my U8 team has racked up a couple wins, which has been a lot of fun traveling to their games on the weekend. And um, I always tell people, like, I spend so much time looking at a screen during my day i love doing the things away from the screen so getting to drive to southern new hampshire and coach those kids has been a lot of fun got to go down to boston uh spend some time with my girlfriend and she came and checked out a couple of the games too she played hockey growing up but she was not there for the cross sites mites so she got to check that out and uh it was fun to joke afterwards some crazy hockey parents at the u8 level already you know anytime you get to swap stories about that is a lot of fun let's turn it over to the news because we've been gone for a while so we'll kind of just hit the the high points from the last couple weeks here because if you're following along to our social media channels you're probably up to date on most of these things already the lead this week and the thing that seemed to garner attention from all over the hockey world is the boys down at unc chapel hill the north carolina tar heels they have unveiled their drawings for this 2000 seat arena that we talked about a couple episodes ago the news broke that the booster club had purchased land in the Caraway Village in Chapel Hill, we now see a drawing of what this arena is supposed to look like. Plans say it'll be ready for the 2026-27 season, a 2,000-seat arena seating on both sides. It's got a center-hung video board, luxury boxes. Facility will be home to UNC Hockey and open for surrounding organizations to use. Collins, we, we already talked about the teams with the powder blue and the navy here. Like, How cool is this that... You know, a couple months after hearing the land is purchased, they've already got the drawing and a date scheduled for when this will be ready. This is awesome and, and massive for, for hockey in Carolina and hockey in the South. So hopefully everything goes as planned and they break ground just as quick as they got these drawings out. So, yeah, it's really cool. One thing I noticed, though, is um, the logo is is wrong on the ice it's going back and forth like uh like oswego but the thing is that oswego is they have bowl seating carolina does not if it is like that when you know the ice gets put down we might riot because that is incorrect it always faces the home bench always or the home broadcast i think they had three players on the ice in the drawing too so i i hope the engineering firm knows that you know hockey there's 12 players on the ice at a time so i i assume they'll get that corrected as well but a lot of talk in the the hockey world you know is this a step for them going ncaa division one there's a lot of talk about that circling social media this week honestly i would love to see them build this rank and play acha for a couple of years and, 
and maybe, you know, the, the Greg powers way of doing things like, Hey, let's go out there and let's just be the best club hockey team we can in the country and see what happens for there. I honestly think if they want to raise money for this arena, UNC should just drop a new Jersey every month. They seem to be flying off the shelves for them. And, and people go crazy on social media when they drop a new Jersey, that would be my plan of action for them is if they just keep dropping more of these powder blue jerseys, the Hurricanes-inspired jerseys, the outdoor jerseys. like, But awesome to see. Herm, I, I, I'm curious what you think. It uh, kind of looks like LaHaye is my first first glance of looking at it. LaHaye, with, they have seats behind one of the nets at LaHaye, but it seems like that might have been the inspiration behind this first drawing. Those small, intimate environments are where some of the best atmospheres in college hockey are. I'm all for it, honestly. Yeah, I love it too. And, and you look at the... What is it? The two most recent buildings built in college hockey in Connecticut. You got UConn and Sacred Heart. Seems to go on the same vibe, like luxury boxes, big scoreboard, seats 2,000 people. Get that place rocking. You don't want to be playing in an arena that seats 5,000 because when you're not good, it's not going to be full. I, I think they're they're really trending in the right direction with these drawings. I mean, to kind of further upon that point, I mean, one of the most iconic hockey arenas. But yeah, Yost is compared to, you know, with it being the biggest college hockey school in the country, you'd think it would be giant. I think it seats, I forget how much. It's like under 10,000, I believe. I think it's somewhere in the 7,000 range, maybe. Meanwhile, Ohio State's seats like 15,000. That arena is not the best atmosphere in, uh, yeah, Value City Arena. Let's see, how big is it? 18,809, and I doubt they're selling out every single one. Oh, I, I don't even think they have the upper deck available for seating on most nights either. So, I mean, I, I love it too. And, and, you know, speaking of you made hockey, but that's one of my favorite barns too. Like that is a tight barn the students are, are hanging over. Maybe that's something I would add to these drawings. If they can get like a student section uh, behind one of those nets, that would be huge. You got to be able to heckle the goalie in the first and third periods. They'll be in good shape there. But we'll go get to the talking points. Um, some unfortunate news out of Vegas a couple weeks ago shooting took place on campus and I know the city of Vegas has gone through this before but you, you just you hope nobody ever has to go through this in their life and you know for those people in the Vegas community who've had to deal with this twice now the team actually I think the UNLV hockey team was one of the first teams on campus to play after the tragedy they encouraged people to wear red people wearing red ribbons in the crowd and you know the scene before the game was very emotional the rebels actually went out they got the upset victory the number five UNLV team defeated number three Jamestown 4-3 in a comfort behind victory Jamestown did get the win the following night 2-1 terrible terrible events but it's it was good to see that the Vegas community once again rallying around their hockey teams for support there sticking with the west coast action U of A looked like they packed the crowd at the Tucson Convention Center they take the lead in the Cactus Cup series series between Arizona State and Arizona Arizona. I'm curious how many times they play each other. U of A won six to two on Friday night, and then they got the sweep with a three two win on Saturday wearing the pink jerseys, and they take a three two lead in the series. I believe they might play each other eight times, to be honest. Maybe it's a best of seven series. I, we'll have to double check on that. Should have done a little bit more thorough job on the notes here, but I honestly think it's awesome that I think teams complain about having to play the same teams over and over again. Really cool seeing U of A play Arizona State. It, I mean, the crowd was phenomenal the clips we got from that game Collins I think the other night I was just sending you like every clip while I was walking watching the live stream I could not believe that the scenes from the TCC some of the stuff that was going on in the crowd was just nuts that is one of the wildest atmospheres I've ever seen uh, at an ACHA hockey game and the, and the clip that did end up getting posted was the one that was uh Collins. some of those clips that I sent you might have been PG-13, maybe even rated R, but it was uh, it was fun to see one of the Arizona State players got cross-checked after the whistle and fell, and I got kind of a jeer from the crowd for falling over on the cross-check, and he kind of leaned into it and started doing the, the swimming motion like he had taken a dive, and he got a cheer from the crowd there, but U of A really cool to see they wore last names that weren't their own for the breast cancer game which i'm assuming they wore the last names of people fighting breast cancer or survivors of breast cancer and after the game they auctioned them off 
off to those families. And I thought that was really cool to see them doing the jerseys off their backs after the game. Fitz, have you guys had any uh, jerseys off the backs yet this season? I know it's a, a very big thing in the minors. Two home games ago, we did a Batman uh, night. It was actually my first SPHL fight. My jersey ended up going for $1,350. Craziest story, I, I the lady that bought it, she wanted to take a picture with me and she starts telling me that her son played uh, club hockey at Alabama. Yeah, so his, his home rink was Pelham and I believe he was an 02 birth year, so I missed him by a little, but uh the whole night was was around like any of the the money was meant for um St. Jude, uh cancer research for kids and she told me how he, uh, her son that played hockey beat leukemia and everything. It was it was wild. It was one of the craziest things that it's like wow, this it's such a small world. Like I was not expecting this lady to say her kid played for Bama, but yeah, it was that was a crazy night. Wow. I, I mean, I was getting chills there. I mean, I at first I thought that maybe she wanted your jersey because you got in the fight that night, but it sounds like she knew that you had had you know played in the ACHA and gone pro. Yeah, she didn't know about Hockey House, but she she had found out that I was the only guy on the team that played club hockey. So she also said said that her kid wore number five. So it all it all lined up like you know. Some someone uh someone upstairs lined it all up. It was it was really cool. That's unbelievable. Walk us through that fight there because you kind of I mean you're not a very physical guy, but you came across the ice there like Lindros style and and took care of business against that guy. Did you know as soon as you laid that hit that you might have to answer the bell there? Yeah, that was um I was trying to pin him on the boards and I'll say he went down pretty easily. I you know whatever, but didn't mean to to hurt him or any. He, he was fine, but I didn't mean to hit him from behind and yeah, right when that happened, I was like, well, you turn around and immediately you're, you're one glove's ready to go and then yeah, it's you're expecting something cuz that's just how it goes. So, you got to answer for what you do. I I get it. So, no, it was a good little scrap. And I'm glad I say little scrap because I feel like it was very quick. But like you did a good job of like he was throwing a lot of punches and you kind of just like swung him around and landed in the linesman right there to break it up. That's the best case scenario. You, you throw a couple, you make it look good, and then you just grab him and you go down. You're all, all good. The only thing that happened was the chain, the chain broke. So that was unfortunate, but it's all good. We got we got all the stuff back. And as long as my teeth are all there, my parents are OK. So we're good. There we go. Yeah, everyone goes home happy, especially if you're going home with a number five Batman jersey. Did have a crazy situation um, last week. We had the lights going out to end the semester. ACHA M2 game between Westfield State and UMass Lowell, so two teams in the Northeast. Five minutes into the game, the power went out in downtown Westfield, Massachusetts. They ended up having to cancel the game. They're going to reschedule for next semester. Thankfully, these teams are not too far apart. Driving from Lowell, Massachusetts to Westfield, Massachusetts isn't too bad on the Mass Pike, but... I mean, imagine if these two teams were further away and you play five minutes of hockey and the power goes out and you have to end the semester. Westfield State actually did get to play the following weekend, but that was it for UMass Lowell here. Not going to throw the, the the electricity on the hot seat this week, though, out of their control with you know power in the area going out. But the video is even crazier, too, because it wasn't like the power went out and then they couldn't play the game. Like They started the game, they were playing, somebody dumps the puck in on the forecheck, and all of a sudden the lights go out. I think of that video. Was it the her? Was it the Barclays Center that had the power go out mid-game? I know it happened in a Bruins game a couple years ago, too. Crazy when guys have the puck and the power goes out. Yeah, I was at a Ranger game, and a, uh, I think it was something that hit like a, a power station somewhere in the city caused the Jumbotron to, to flicker at the garden, which was really, really cool. Just in the middle of the play, it just completely went dark and the whole the whole building was like, whoa, took a couple of minutes and then it was back. It was like everyone went to Twitter. It was great. I mean, I missed an easy layup there. If we're talking about the power going on, like we can't forget about the Utica Comets home opener. I mean, that is that is one of the funniest hockey stories I have of all time. I can't even remember looking back on it. Was that mid game too when the power went out or was that between whistles when the lights went out? Oh, that was, oh, that was mid game. And that was my welcome to the AHL moment. Unbelievable. That, that was still, again, we, we got our money's worth driving an hour over to Utica. Didn't get to watch a full hockey game, but we, we got plenty of action. Uh, realignment, a, a huge topic in the ACHA these days. We start with Mizzou and Arkansas. They are both going ACHA M2. They will remain in the same conference because their conference has an M3 and an M2. So the the Macha, M-A-C-H-A, they will move up to M2. So they will continue to be rivals in M2, which is really good. 
Uh, both teams have been pretty successful in M3 the last couple of years going to nationals. So that is great to see. But the real news here is our guys from Hope College are finally, and I mean finally going ACHA M1. It feels like, Herm, you can kind of back me up on this, but like as we were learning more about the ACHA, you and I are M1 guys. We go to St. Louis and like right off the bat is like, wow, oh, okay, like everybody hates hope nobody is a fan of them and everybody wants them to move up every time we would post about them people are talking to move up and i honestly feel like that conversation got silenced by michigan winning the national championship game last year hope has not gotten off to i mean they've got they're on a good start but not a great start in terms of what they've done in the past but what are your first thoughts when you see the news that they are making the jump to acha m1 I make that strong comparison of you kind of laugh at Ohio when they're like, oh, we're a rebuilding team right now. And you're like, well, you were such a powerhouse in M1. And then we look at Hope not being number one in the country. And it's like, oh, it's a rebuilding year right now. I'm sure they're saying the exact same thing when they're not up to their level of perfection, basically. Great for them. It's it's so good to see these Michigan teams making the jump. It's so good to see some new blood in that space and, and wish them nothing but the best. Hope they go the, uh, the Purdue-Northwest route and less of the Oakland route. It's interesting, too, because I made the point on on Twitter with Varsity Club Lacrosse, who essentially does what we do, but for Club Lacrosse, they pointed out right away because Hope College is joining the Great Lakes Six Hockey Conference with the addition of Hope. There will now be seven teams in this conference. A lot of people were like, wait, aren't there Great Lakes Six, but there's seven teams? It's like, yeah, you guys like to joke that this is club hockey, but we are just like NCAA. We have silly names for conferences that no longer matter. Because the number of teams in the conference does not match the name of the number of teams in the name. So Hope College will be the seventh team in the GL6. They will join. Let's see how good my memory is right now because they don't have it on the sheet in front of me. They will join Davenport, Calvin, Adrian, Roosevelt. Oh, see, this is really testing my ACHA knowledge right now. Who am I missing? Oh, Purdue Northwest. We, we just talked about them. I got five plus hope. Herm, who am I missing here on this list? Grand Valley. But I mean, this is big too, because you saw with Saginaw and Northwood moving up, they're filling the void of all these teams that left the Great Lakes Conference. Hope moving up from M3 and getting accepted into this conference, which will be one of the toughest in the ACHA, is really cool to see. And head coach Chris Van Timmeren has been behind the bench for a really long time. People have talked about how good of a coach he is. He is clearly the man for the job to lead them into the ACHA M1 era. We'll continue moving on here with the notes. Speaking of ACHA hockey in Michigan, Herm was able to catch the end of a absolute nail biter between Grand Valley State and Saginaw. Grand Valley State survives a scare in Saginaw, remains undefeated with an overtime victory. GVSU beat Saginaw 5-2 at home on Friday night. They were then trailing 2-1 late in the third. They tied it up with just over a minute left and then eventually won it in overtime. Herm, did you catch this one live? I sure did. I happened to just be on YouTube and then went to the YouTube live directory and scrolled down to sports. And the first thing on there was Grand Valley State versus Saginaw Valley State. Wasn't even looking for the game, just happened to be at the top of the directory. And I'm like, oh, there's 13 minutes left in the third. I'll tune into this one. Watch with anticipation to see if SVSU was going to complete the upset. The Saginaw Valley State goalie kind of made a very, very aggressive play, chasing a puck that was heading into uh, GVSU's offensive zone, misplayed it a little bit, almost made easily the save of the year with an outstretched glove just inches, inches away from pulling it back, ties it for GVSU, and then in overtime, the Lakers are able to finish it in front of a livid, livid Death Valley crowd. It was scenes of what we saw in, in Lexington, where the rival goes and celebrates immediately in front of the student section. They were not having it. Pure Michigan M3 hockey. Great clip that we'll, we'll get that up on the socials this week as well, so you folks listening can, can see what we're talking about. Let's get over to some rankings talk. We'll kind of just run you through. End of the semester, these rankings are... are pretty much in concrete for the next month. 
or so until we get more games in January. But Niagara takes over as the number one team in AAU college hockey. They are sitting at number one with a 15-1 and record, followed by Binghamton, St. Bonaventure, Tampa, and Farmingdale. Tampa drops three spots in this latest ranking. The top four, though, are all sitting. The My hockey rankings are out of 100. It's 97.5, 97.4, 97.39, and 97.37. So I would imagine these four teams will kind of shuffle around a little bit as the season goes on. If we move over to AAU Division II, Florida Atlantic has kind of been the king of this division all year long. They sit at 10-1-1, battle at the beach champions. We got Florida sitting at 8-4. and four. They're gearing up for the Savannah Classic coming up in January. Liberty at 3, High Point at 4, Tennessee at number 5. And then in the final AAU rankings, AAU Division 3, we have a new leader, U-Miami, which is a team I don't think we've talked about them once on this podcast this year. Really cool to see them sitting at 11-3. The number one spot, a Stony Brook AAU team that has made lots of improvements in the offseason. We've talked about them. They're at nine, two, and one. Niagara County Community College tits at three. Tennessee's D3 team at four. And then Kennesaw State at number five. Collins, anything that stands out to you in you know those AAU rankings so far? I know you know a little bit more about the my hockey ranking system. No, nothing, nothing really stands out to me. Sorry. I was um checking my final grades. They just got posted. I, I was zoned out for a sec. I, I feel like it all kind of equals out towards the middle of the season. I, I wouldn't say I'm a my hockey rankings expert. I just saw somebody say something on Twitter and now I claim I am one. End of discussion is FAU straight A's, U Miami straight A's, and then those four teams at, at one, two, three, and four in AAU D1. They're on high honors right now, but they're they're competing to see um, who's going to be the valedictorian there because a lot of teams that at equal skill level there. We'll move over to ACHA M1 Herm Fitz, unless you guys have any any more academic jokes about AAU rankings. Minot State reclaims the top spot in ACHA M1. Kind of interesting. It almost feels like they moved up simply because they played and Adrian didn't. They played a good Umary team. I don't really know why Minot moved up over Adrian. They finished the semester at number one. Wanted to give a big shout out to the guys at CUSE. It was a, a huge moment for the program. Them cracking the top 25. It marks the first time since Coach Timmons has taken over as head coach that he gets the team in the national rankings, which is really cool. Collins, no ECHA team in the rankings. If you were to put one team in, would it be Westchester? I think it would be Westchester. They're a very talented team. And I think in terms of their win percentage in conference, they are by far the leader. So I would stick them, you know, in the top 25. And they got damn close. They were 26 two weeks ago, and I think now they're 29. Yeah, hopefully we get some more cross league play and, you know, the ECHA kind of bumps up a bit. The ACHA M1 Twitter account did their yearly analysis where if national tournament were to start today, who would be in and who would be out? You have the auto bids from each conference, which would be Adrian, UCO, Jamestown, Niagara, Indiana Tech, our friends at Westchester, Oswego, and IUP. That would mean that teams 22, 23, and 24, Delaware, Arizona State, and Stony Brook would not make the national tournament because of getting bumped by unranked conference champions. You would get some interesting matchups. You know, obviously, Minot State would be in, Adrian, UCO, Jamestown, UNLV, Maryville, UMary, Ohio, Indiana Tech, Utah, Illinois State, Pitt, Arizona, Dearborn, Grand Valley State, Missouri State, Calvin, Iowa State, Purdue Northwest, Westchester, Niagara, Oswego, Liberty, and IUP. All right, enough M1 talk. Let's move over to M2. We have a full nationwide ranking to kick us off this week. We have the final ranking of the semester. Normally, we break this down by region. We have a top 25, though, for ACHAM2. Lindenwood is the number one team in the country, followed by Florida Gulf Coast at two, Indiana at three, Concordia, Wisconsin at four. St. Thomas 5, Kentucky 6, Liberty 7, Iowa 8, Minnesota Crookston 9, Miami, Ohio 10, Adrian 11, shout out to our guy Alex Herman, Northeastern 12, 
Penn State 13, Ohio 14, Sioux College 15, Michigan State 16, North Carolina 17, Jamestown 18, Wisconsin 19, Montana State 20, RPI 21. I went all the way down to 21 to point out that the 21st team in the country, RPI, would get an auto bid to nationals because the top two teams in the Northeast make it. So it's interesting to see. Feels like the games in the Southeast, Central, and West weigh a little bit more in the rankings than the Northeast. I wonder if that's some some of the weaker opponents in the Northeast. But shout out to those teams. I mean, the, I, I was talking about the other day with somebody but the the ACHAM2 has got to be the toughest tournament to win because you you have to get a good ranking to eat, just go to regionals and then you have to win your way through regionals win your way through pool play and uh, and go on a run and and we saw that last year when Indiana went on a run Iowa went on a run UMass ends up with the title there but shout out to those teams for some great semesters talked about them already Grand Valley State kind of running away with M3 right now they finished the semester undefeated they're followed by Florida Gulf Coast Lawrence Tech Hope and Mizzou so some familiar faces in the top five for ACHA M3 we'll wrap things up with some women's rankings in the ACHA Midland finishing a strong semester at number one we kind of covered them last time but we didn't take talk ACHA women's two we got Villanova as the number one team in the Southeast Northeastern, the number one team in the Northeast Sioux College leading the Central, and then a familiar face in Assiniboine leading the West. So, I mean, three of those four teams at number one were in the final four. They're continuing to have strong seasons. Uh, and hopefully, Collins, we can see Villanova's women's team in that final four this year. Hopefully they get it this year. It's feels like they're they're knocking on the door they were in a, a pretty tough pool last year but speaking of women's hockey i want to get started with some stick taps here wanted to give a shout out to women's hockey in the south which i think has made tremendous strides this year with aau college hockey having division one women's we've seen alabama introduce a coaching staff and gm for their inaugural team and arkansas has been putting out some social media posts they are trying to get a team ready for 2024 as well so stick taps to the student athletes down in the south who are working to make women's hockey happen at their universities also want to give some stick taps to arizona state acha m1 netminder chase ham the sun devil netminder is getting the call up to arizona state's ncaa team for the second half of the season the 21 year old freshman from saskatoon saskatchewan got the call from coach powers after appearing in 12 games for the number 19 Sun Devils, posting a .903 save percentage. I don't know about you guys, but I hear he's from Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. And I'm like, yep, that he's qualified for the job. That's, you know, that's nothing but hockey players coming out of Saskatoon. Nothing but damn good goalies coming out of Saskatoon, too. Shout out Braden Holtby, Saskatoon Blades legend. Last stick taps of the week going to the Colorado Mesa men's hockey team. I don't know if you guys saw this number, but they set a program record raising $32,000 in their annual Pink the Rink game. I mean, that is a good chunk of some of most teams' budget in the ACHA. And for them to be raising that for their Pink the Rink game, phenomenal. They do jerseys every year, which are sweet. Last year, they were like black with pink trim. They kind of looked like pink Whitney jerseys. This year, they were gray with pink and black trim. They looked really cool. They actually were awarded the 2023 National Community Service Award by the ACHA last year when they raised $22,000. And not saying they're a shoe in to win it again this year, but if they raised $10,000 more than they did last year, I would think they're they're up for it. The other thing, too, is they took Hockey Fights Cancer a little too seriously. I saw one of the photos from the game. It looked like somebody got into a scrap. They were flying off the ice, being escorted off with one of the linesmen, he's got no gloves and no helmet. He looks like Fitzy down in Huntsville. Taking hockey fights cancer a little too seriously, but we love it. Shout out to the guys at, at CMU because they are doing very great things for their community. All that money going to the St. Mary's Medical Center Cancer Survivorship Program. All right, let's do the hot seat here. Hammering a hot seat. I got three spots ready to go. I'm curious what you guys will think this week. Starting things off on the hot seat, Liberty's recruiting video. We've talked about this a couple times on the pod. One of the greatest YouTube clips of all time is the Liberty recruiting video. You get the facilities tour. They show the rink, the training room, all that. One of the go-tos, it is an evergreen video in the club hockey community. Pat McGinley and the crew at Drexel might have just dropped the coolest recruiting video in ACHA history. A cinematic reel. The team is calling it the 2023 Anthem video. In their Instagram caption, they said, This mini doc is who we are at our core. 
tenacious, gritty, bold, more than just a hockey team, a brotherhood. There's no smoke and mirrors here. I think that description perfectly encapsulates this video. Collins is a Philly guy. Do you think they captured the Drexel vibe in a, in a video? Oh, yeah, 100%. I think this video goes to show, I think, really what the ACHA is about as a whole. I think they captured the Philly vibe perfect. Liberty's video was very much... Look at all this stuff we have. Look at all look, look at what we have. All this all this cool stuff. Drexel is more like look at what we have though. They're more focused on the intangibles and I think that's what makes a hockey team. I think one of the big things that makes any video great is the color grading and the cinematography and I got to give a huge shout out. Uh, I never met the guy, but instantly a fan of his work. Liam Nielsen Schultz, the cinematographer and colorist on that video. He fucking killed it. Absolutely gorgeous. Go give this guy a follow on uh, Instagram at Liam NTZ, especially if you like IndyCar. This guy shot the Indy 500. He's fucking killer. Um, his work is awesome. Herm, I threw it over to Collins there, but you you had your hand raised ready to go. I mean, this is right up your alley in terms of creative work in, in the club hockey space. Uh, like I mentioned, Pat McGinley is, is a fifth year on the team. He's doing his grad school at Drexel. He's the captain of the team, and he was the one who directed and produced this video, which, again, you, Collins mentioned like the Liberty one is about the locker room. The Drexel one is also about the locker room, but it's not about the physical locker room. It's about the vibe in that locker room, and I think they knocked it out of the park. This video is so sick that I am putting Drexel on the hot seat if they are not a top 25 team in the next two years off the back of this video. It is amazing. And Collins, I couldn't have said it any better. Like It, it captures the things that you can't... Ca- like If I walked in with a phone, like I could capture the same video on my phone at Liberty, right? Because you're, you're, it's all the stuff. I wouldn't be able to do that with a phone at Drexel. Very cool stuff. Again, want to give a shout out. We're going to try to get Pat on the pod soon. He's got plenty of stories from his time at Drexel. He's helped uh, do commercials for the NHL on TNT. The Drexel boys were in one of those a couple of years ago. Um, so he's got all kinds of stuff and, and plenty of Philly hockey stories. I will say when I saw that video, it was the the lead up to the to Stanley Cup two years ago. I see Drexel logos on the helmets in the Drexel locker room. And I'm like, what the fuck? Why is it Drexel? It should be us. What the hell? What's going on? Now the ball's in your court, Collins. You got you to gotta top that. You can't let them have the best recruitment video in Philly. I can't let that happen, but I, I think there there'll be something bigger coming down the pipeline. All right, we'll make sure to stay tuned. Guys, we've had the hot seat for a couple weeks now, and for the first time, I'm going to throw us on it because for the second time this season, the Hockey House crew got swept in the game of the week picks thanks to the boys at the University of Montana. After losing 5-2 to two on Friday night in front of a sold-out crowd in Bozeman, the Grizz responded by handing Montana State their second loss of the season in front of a packed house in Missoula. The Grizz scored on the power play with 118 remaining in the third to win 2-1. to one. Herm, you talked about it, the, those big goals and rivalry games like we mentioned in Saginaw. Same exact thing, except you had the hometown crowd going crazy. The lights show, the announcers screaming in the microphone, this was bringing me back to like 2006 Edmonton Oilers in the Stanley Cup finals. The place is so loud that you can't even hear the goal horn when Montana scores chills. My first initial thoughts is like, we got to find a way to get the hockey house pod crew out to Montana because both barns were rocking this weekend. But again, unfortunately I, we got to call a spade a spade here for the second time this semester, we went zero and four on our picks. So we'll have to be better about that next semester. No words from everyone. Everyone's just head nodding. Everyone's taking their licks this week. I think I see it as a win, though. I think if teams are using us as bulletin board material, win's a win. That means people are listening. So for the third and final spot on the hot seat, I we actually this is something I should have had the notes on last episode, but we didn't get to talk about it. So I want to put it on now. I am putting the Empire Division of the FPHL on the hot seat. The Binghamton Black Bears are rolling through that division right now, and they have an ACHA-led lineup tearing up that division. Adrian alum Dakota Bond tallied his first career goal the other night while Connor Smith scored the Teddy Bear Toss goal and added a highlight reel goal in Binghamton's 6-4 win over Elmira earlier this month. Danbury, Elmira, Motor City, and Watertown, you guys better start loading up on ACHA talent because the boys in Binghamton have figured it out. Fitzy, how cool is it to see? I know you're down in Huntsville now, but you got plenty of buddies back playing in Binghamton and they seem to be having a blast. Yeah, they wait till I leave and start winning all the games. Maybe I was the problem. No, it's unreal. There's a 
you're bittersweet because like yeah you like you you want to be a part of it but yeah you're happy for the guys i think it's okay it Fitzy. I, I just had to talk about syracuse being ranked for the first time in three years i'm not there we're talking about binghamton you're not there it's it's all right it's it's true and it, it, well indiana's getting me too like I'm, I'm getting it on both fronts now yeah no it, it's uh it's sick to watch what they're doing and uh yeah i don't know what's going on with that division they they need to pick it up there, there's some newer teams in that division but they're not they're not brand new so i don't know if um i know danbury won it last year so they're kind of they lost a lot of their guys but yeah i i don't know what's going on I want to give a shout out to to former Syracuse hockey play-by-play guy Doug Latuka. He's the director of communications and play-by-play talent for the Danbury Hattricks. Um, he was making the rounds on the internet the other day because I, I can't remember his real name, but is it Diamond Hands Fitzy? Who's the guy on Danbury who loves to fight? Yeah, Daniel Amesbury. Yeah, he got suspended like 18 games the other day because in the Fed they like double your previous suspension if you have a history. So. He got kicked out for hitting from behind, but it honestly didn't look like a suspension worthy hit from behind because of his history. He got handed 18 games for it. So Doug's voice was on the call for the hit from behind that was making the rounds on Twitter the other day. So I want to make sure we gave him a shout out because they got plenty of ACHA talent and Danbury behind the scenes. So, I mean, only a matter of time before the Hockey House pod gets a team in the Fed and we just put all ACHA and AAU guys and we win we win the trophy and we we own the league at that point. So only a matter of time before that happens. Enough of us, though. We're going to take a break here. As always, this episode is presented by OptumX Sports. OptumX provides teams the opportunity to build and manage their own website. The best part is these guys know club hockey. I know everyone's home for the holiday season, stress-free, the semester's over, you don't have work to worry about, you're at home hanging with your family. Now's the time to start thinking about that website, all right? Your team, maybe it's not up to date, maybe it's hard to manage. OptumX makes it easy, so be sure to use the link in our bio if you're interested in signing up. Use our referral link, optumxsports.com slash signup slash hockeyhousepod. They got plenty of features that we're super excited about. We've been talking to a couple teams about getting them on the Optimex wave in 2024. You can add a team store. You can sell tickets, merchandise, the whole nine yards, even make payments. Stop using Venmo to pay your dues. Optimex can get you hooked up with team dues. Again, head to OptimexSports.com slash sign up slash hockey house pod. Back from the break, we've got some exciting plans for this episode. We're going to do our first ever Hockey House Pod Snake Draft. It's our favorite time of the year. It is time for the Hockey House Jersey of the Year Tournament, celebrating some of the best looks from around the ACHA and AAU College Hockey in 2023. But before we get to that, we have to do our due diligence. We had some burgers the last couple weeks that we got to talk about. We'll start first. IUPM3, they beat Westchester 11-1. to We had UMaine beat Sacred Heart 13 to 5 and then the biggest burger of them all Sioux College 16 Central Michigan 2 Herm do we know is that is that women's 2 or men's 2 my I'm guessing that's M2 that is men's 2 yeah Central Michigan tough year for those boys Sioux College the, the M2 team is getting hot again they had some dominance a couple years ago pre-pandemic bringing home the national championship in Frisco before all the border stuff and everything but they seem to be hitting their stride this time of year. Let's get to the snake draft. Let me lay it out for you guys listening at home. It is the second annual Hockey House Jersey of the Year tournament. It is the third jersey tournament of the Hockey House history. We did a jersey tournament where any jersey could win, but now we do it year by year. So last year's tournament saw South Carolina's cock third jersey ran away with the tournament they defeated liberty's powder blue script alternate in the final was awesome lots of jerseys going head to head i almost think teams saw this tournament last year and we're like you know we have to go bigger we have to go better next year let's unveil some sweet jerseys the only rule is that the jersey has to have debuted in 2023 so we talked a little bit beforehand collins the nova jersey that was in last year's tournament technically shouldn't have been in it because it hadn't been worn yet this year's Villanova third jersey will have to be in next year's tournament because you guys will debut it in January. So other than that wrinkle, jerseys unveiled in 2023 are on the board. I will spin a, a wheel here and I'll try to get it on camera here so we can um, you guys can see as well. This is to decide the order of the draft and we will we will pick from there. All right, so 
Snake draft positions one, two, three, four, and then the following round will be four, three, two, one. So whoever gets the first pick on the wheel, they get to pick which spot in the draft they take. Sound good? Herm gets the luck of the draw. Herm, do you have a preference as to where you pick in the draft? I would like the number two overall pick, please. All right. Number two is where you are at currently on the spreadsheet. So we will spin the wheel once again. Fitzy, you are on the board. Herm is picking second. Where would you like to pick? I'll take the first overall. There we go. Fitzy going with the first pick. All right, Collins, me and you will decide who gets to pick third and who gets to pick fourth. Luck of the draw. I'm going to I'm going to pick third. So Collins, you will get the fourth pick. I ended up exactly where I want it to be. There we go. We'll start things off here. Fitz, you have the first pick of the jersey draft. So how this works is you get the auto bid. This basically guarantees that the jersey you picked will be in the tournament, and then you will get bragging rights within the Hockey House pod if one of the jerseys you picked ends up winning it. Hold on. Before you pick, though. Fitzy, the first pick. I feel like Herm is going to be upset with this one. I think this is definitely on his draft board. Kind of uh, nervous taking the first overall selection over him. Um, I know he, I know he had a blast uh, at this event. UNC Frozen Finley. Oh no, Herm! On my spreadsheet was NC State in the number one position. Oh man, I completely sewered myself. That's brutal right wait, there. Wait, you, wait, you NC said, State or UNC? You said NC State. Oh, you you said UNC. Oh, cool. We're fine. We're <laughs> oh, we're totally okay. cooking. Uh, we're, we're good. Cooking. We're good. We're totally All right, cooking. Herm, Herm on the board. On the board. Hell yeah. Gave it away. NC State, Frozen Finley. Wow. I had that one at the top of my board too. Same. All right. I'm on the clock now. It's not number one on my list, but I think this fan base loves voting. I think it's a jersey that has won a, a school that has won in the past and one that I actually tried to get my hands on too. And it kind of just fell through the tracks, but fell through the cracks. It should have fallen through the tracks though, because I'm going with the Purdue train track alternates. Love the train. There's just so much chaos going on with this jersey, the Purdue script, the train track design. I'm going to go with Purdue in the third pick. I wanted to pick that one, but I think it's sacrilegious as a uh, Indiana graduate, so couldn't do it. All right, that leaves me for my first round pick. I will be taking the Florida Southern snakeskin jersey. Highly underrated jersey, in my opinion. I think the thing is yucky. For the first pick in the second round, I think this is a little bit of a sleeper jersey. Might honestly be a bit of a reach, but I'll be taking Dearborn's home whites. I think it's a very sleek jersey. It's very 70s, 80s NHL inspired with the shoulders going all the way down to the wrist. Um, So I really like it. Very retro. Very, very classic jersey. Great jersey. I don't think it should be an auto bid. Mel Kuyper is is foaming at the mouth on this pick. I like both of your picks. They're both guys I had on my draft board. And I was like, you know what? I think I can get these later. I was like, I don't know if I need these in the first two rounds, but I can respect that you took them because it was two jerseys I had on my radar. My second pick, this jersey does numbers, and and people can say what they want about it on the internet, but I'm going to go almost heaven, West Virginia. Give me the the third jerseys with the mountain scene. Let's break the internet. They got a long way to go. It's going to be a long tournament for them, and uh, I, I like their odds. I've seen these jerseys in person. They do not look nearly as good as they do in the pictures. They look horrible, and I'm sorry to any West Virginia guys. Your photographer really, really pumped your tires. I'm taking the roller hockey jerseys all the way. You you better watch. Oh, no, Herb. Herb, it's your turn. Speaking about doing numbers, speaking about a fan base that gets out and votes, we're going with the team and the jersey that broke my heart with the Liberty Veterans Day alternates, the USA flag. Wow, I did not have. Honestly, I don't even know if I thought anyone would snag that jersey, let alone David Herman. That one was on my board. Liberty fans are going to show up in numbers for that one. So that's a great pick. All right, Fitzy, over to you to close out round two. Uh, It's going to be a pirate's life for me on this one. Uh, U Tampa, Gasparilla alternates. The the video that they put together, I think, if if we can get that pushed out again once once the tourney starts, then I, I think some votes can can come from that. I think they're pretty sick. Yeah, that's a great one. And, and Fitzy too, that that kind of fell under the. I think they unveiled it at the end of last year, and then they they skated in it for the first time. 
And I mean, they people go nuts in Tampa for that pirate parade and, and for them to wear those jerseys and the beads in the video too. Really great look. And I think I, that seems to be the theme of some of these jerseys that we picked. It seems like the special event jerseys really took over this year. And Fitzy's got two of them on his board right from the start. Fitzy, you're on the clock to start round three. Alrighty. Hook them horns. We're going the uh, the Texas cream alternates. I think those are some of like the cleanest jerseys that anyone has come out with. Herm, you're nodding your head. It was on my board. It was. I looked at it before I went Liberty. I was like, you know what? Maybe. And I, I just kind of. I felt like I had to take a reach. I love. I love that pick for you, Fitzy. Yeah, that's a great jersey. Again, they were they, honestly. It was so fun today. Like going back and looking at all the jersey posts that I forgot happened this year because there were so many good ones. Herm, I don't know where you're gonna go with this next pick. Do you have a Liberty jersey on your board? Like, this is going off the rails. I'm going to keep this one in the family. I'm going to go for the one that my brother did the photo shoot for and go for the Adrian Black, the Black Road jerseys. Sandlot inspired. All right, now I got to look at my board. Busy updating the board. I'm having so much fun with this that I would just skip the entire auto bids and just draft straight up the rest of the rest of the (laughs) That might be That might be good. Should we each get a fifth pick, a fifth bonus pick? I think we should just keep going until the entire board is filled. We could do a play-in game where we each get a, an honorable mention one where if that team doesn't get in, they could get a play-in game maybe. I don't know. This is, I mean, we're rolling through this draft here. I, see, like, I feel like we all had such, like, I put 17 jerseys on my draft board because I was like, what if all of mine get picked? And, like, we all are thinking this so differently. So there's one that I really like, but I feel like it's similar to one. I'm going to take this one before it goes off the board. A one that this team actually isn't even wearing anymore, which is a shame because I think this is one of the best jerseys the florida gator throwback skating gator jersey with the gator teeth stripes from rebirth they switched over to verbero and they've got the gator script on the front but give me the classic skating alligator i think that is a a very clean jersey for my pick this is not gonna be a team but i'm hoping I'm hoping all the refs out there will come out in numbers. Give me the referee Battle of the Beach jerseys. That's I, <laughs> I think that'll do well. If that wins the whole tournament, I, I think it's safe to say the ACHA might have better referee uniforms than jerseys. Yeah, we'll go with that. But this next pick, I'm like really split. There, there are so many great jerseys on this list, and I really don't know which one to take. But I feel like I need to take one from a school that will show up in numbers considering my first two uh, were Dearborn and Florida State and then refs. <laughs> Give me the Kentucky Blue Alts. Interesting. Those, were, those are great jerseys, and that fan base is absolutely rabid about that team. I mean, sick reveal video, too. Talk about really good video. So I'll go with that. Is that a package deal? Do they come with the white shells or are you just going to claim the blue jerseys? Oh, they come with the white shells. Last pick. I I actually really like my draft board right now. So this one's going with the heart. One of my favorites. I think it is a great looking college hockey jersey. It is a great looking third jersey. Give me the Minot State Reds. I really like the Minot arch, the number, and then the state underneath it. Uh, you know, sticking with the basics, good old Western Canadian boys playing college hockey in North Dakota, and they're looking the part. Yeah, I had that on my draft board. I feel like you and I are along similar lines today. All right, Herm, we're wrapping up, wrapping up your board here. Don't want to leave anything on the table. What What are you thinking here? The real question is, are we going to do another round? Because that's going to inform my decision. I mean, I want to do another round, but I feel like that gives you an advantage with, you, with the way you're picking here. Here's what we should do. We should do everybody will get an honorable mention pick where it's like when we make the bracket, if this team isn't in it, it'll be like your save them, right? Like a team that you, you're basically guaranteeing that they they might not be in the round of 32, but they might have to do a play in. Yeah, let's let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> I'm so happy Herm is having this much fun because. Him and I kind of picked most of the bracket last year. I think it was so much more stressful, but he's loving so the picks much more tonight. stressful. Oh my god, that makes my life so much easier then. Because if there's a if there's a jersey that's broken Instagram this year, it's got to be this one, and it's USF's Battle of the Beach jersey with the ice bowls, with the lookalike jersey to the Tampa Bay Lightning's prank jersey. I love that one going the distance, just being so off the wall. Huge fan of what they did at USF. Herm, I like that pick. You know what? I was looking at my board. And I don't know if you guys looked at the whole board, but there's a lot of like this 
beige color. There's a lot of cream. There's a lot of this beige color. And I was like, I don't know if I can have Purdue and USF on my board. I decided not to go with it, but I, I like that pick. Alex Herman and I did a little bit of draft scouting and he there were a couple that I had on the border and he was like, you have so many off-white script jerseys, David. And I was like, you know what? You're right. I, I feel like this year has been the year of the cream jersey and the year of the gray jersey and the year of the arch logo with the number underneath. Yeah, and it, it was funny to like look at the trends of the colorways on the chart. You can kind of see like where the creams come into play. You know, you get a lot of pinks around October there. So Fitzy, now that you know you have two more picks in your pocket here, what are you going with? You guys got me thinking. I originally, I'm a sucker for the off-whites. And my fourth one I had here was the Iowa Creams, the the homes for them. I'm going to audible. We'll go with the Alabama Crimson alternates. Yep. Suck it, Herm. Again, just another clean jersey. I hadn't even seen this one before until I started going through the the sheet you put together. And I think that was like the second to last one on there. And I was like, it might be a winner. I do really like the Bama one. They were actually number one on my Bama draft board because there's so many Bama jerseys in this draft that I did like that one too. And with their colors, you know, they have a very traditional look, but I feel like there's only so many things you can do with an alternate. And I feel like they really knocked it out of the park this year. Round number five, though. Honorable mention pick. Fitzy, who are you going with? I kind of want to go with the Iowas. Ah, no, I, I can't do it. I already got the, the Texas Creams alternates. We'll go Ole Miss Powder Blue. Can't go wrong with a good Powder Blue. I think people people like the Powder Blue. Yeah, I, I think you're in the right. Personally to me, I think the, the Ole Miss ones will beat the would beat the Iowa ones nine times out of uh, ten times out of ten. What are we, what are we saying here? Herm, I'll throw it over to you. You sound like you've had this pick brewing for a couple minutes now here. I have, and I'm audibling. I went into this with the strategy of you gotta you gotta keep them down on the draft board because everyone knows I'm gonna pick the Bobbies, right? I'm not going the Bobbies. Even as much as I love these black 614 jerseys, I'm not going with them. I'm going with the UNC PNC Arena Jordan photo shoot, the Navies. That's what I'm going with. I cannot believe they have fallen this low. We get our first duplicate of the tournament. UNC will be guaranteed two entries into this one. Again, another jersey that kind of broke the internet when it got released. My pick here, I'm I'm kind of taking the Fitzy route here. I'm like looking at this board. It's like, I don't know if I thought I'd get this far. Um, I actually, I'm not going to lie, guys. I had this at number one in my draft board at some point tonight. Uh, I went back before we hit record and I revised it. I'm going to steal it with the fifth one. Give me the Georgia Tech all-white honeycomb jerseys. Loved those when they got released. I had them at number one going into the night. And then, you know, like I I had to move the big dogs up on the board here. But I'm going to come back and, and, and take those right now. I can't believe this one has also fallen this far. I felt like this one really kind of snuck under the radar a little bit. And I think this is one of the best jerseys that came out this year, especially with their new helmets. Give me the red Arizona Wildcats jersey. I, I can respect really? that pick. In my brain, I was either going to take Minot or Arizona. I wasn't going to have both of the red jerseys on there, but I agree. I think we talked about it too, how miserable they looked losing 16 to nothing to Arizona State with the white helmets, blue jerseys, and red pants. And they have not brought that look back out again. They, they're sticking with the the white helmets with the all red look. It reminds me of Kyler Murray playing for the Cardinals. You know, the, the white helmet with the all red uniform. Wow. I mean, there, there we go. We got 20 of the 32 teams picked for Jersey of the year. Herm is smiling ear to ear, which is rare when we've been recording for this long and he's still smiling. Usually he's thinking about how much editing he has ahead of him. I like, I like the board. The, the public will decide who gets into the tournament based on how many submissions we get this week, but voting will start on the 26th. The, day after christmas we'll reveal the tournament on christmas eve so that everyone can know who's going where we'll let everyone enjoy the holiday and then voting will start on boxing day just in time for the world juniors so very excited and hope to have the tournament wrapped up at the end of the year closing thoughts herm looking at the board you you like what you got here i'm just rooting for my bobbies to make the cut that's all that really matters we're talking fan bases that are going to come out and vote. I mean, the, the committee's got to know that the, the ratings are there if they let the Bobbies in. I feel like it's just a safe pick for me to to let them in just based on the popularity contest alone and use those auto bids for, for wise strategy picks. 
I mean, Fitz, if, if we're picking by jerseys that you get to add in your closet, you've got a pretty good selection there. I was literally just thinking, Murph, if one of my teams wins this, one of the jerseys I picked, if they win it, I will gladly pay whatever for the jersey. I, I don't think they have any, uh, UNC has any frozen Finleys left, but I, I was just thinking the same thing. Some sick jerseys. Um, I like it. I like the lineup. Got it diversified portfolio so I'm, I'm excited for the uh the bracket to start and uh it should be fun i mean based on the number of cock hockey jerseys that sold after it was named jersey of the year last year i would hope some of these teams if they make a deep run maybe they uh they compensate some of us with some jerseys here but collins uh, wrap up the draft here thoughts on who you got i don't know I, I feel like my draft board is a lot different than everybody else's i feel like i was not as maybe deep into the one-off alts, if you get what I mean. More the the ones that stand the test of time. And I feel, I, I feel like I'm looking at my jerseys as a long-term investment, safe bets, things that will last a while. Pulling for Dearborn, pulling for, uh, for Zona. Hopefully, maybe Battle of the Beach jerseys uh, win, because that would be fucking hilarious if if the refs win, they, they'll get the last laugh finally. It should be a, a very exciting tournament. I, I think it'll be fun when we post like the graphic and maybe some of the, the clips of these picks here because I think it reminds me when they do Mount Rushmore and pardon my take and people try to decide who has the best board going. So uh, we'll love to have the, the public see our picks and, and go from there. And I'm curious, you know, what team's going to run? Because when Purdue won it a couple years ago, that was not who I would have thought won the tournament. I think we all kind of knew who was going to win the tournament last year. Um, um, it depends on what your sense of humor is like. Um, you know, you're either the traditionalist who liked the Liberty jersey or we're in it for the meme and you voted for the South Carolina jersey. I don't think there's a runaway meme this year, right? Like, Herm, correct me if I'm wrong. There's no memes in the field. Maybe the ref jersey is kind of the meme of the field this year. So we'll, we'll see how many votes that could get. But a really, really good field here. And uh, we're looking forward to it. Like I mentioned, we'll do the tournament after the holiday season. Or not after the holiday season. We'll do the tournament between Christmas and New Year's. So stay tuned. Voting will be on our social media channels, specifically Twitter and Instagram. Now let's get to our question of the week. We'll transition here. I mean, feels like we just answered 20 questions of the week with our jersey picks here. I want to ask the room here, what is the number one thing on your club hockey wish list? So if if you're looking for a gift this holiday season, and you want to get one in the name of club hockey, what is something that you are wishing for? I will throw it over to Collins first. I mean, as the the team photographer, yeah, I could always ask for a better camera. But as also a player, as I get older, my bedtime is starting to get a little bit more reasonable. Instead of going to bed at 3 a.m. now, I go to bed at midnight. I would like better ice times. I'm sick of practicing at 9.50 to 11.20 or 10.10 to 11.40. Like, I'm sick of it. I would much prefer that, though. Like, last year, we nearly made the switch that this season we'd be practicing at 7 a.m. Yeah, I would like a, you know, nice just 7 o'clock, 8 o'clock ice slot. Just a good time. Not so, so late in the night. I'm sure plenty of players listening know what you're going through when you're asking for that. Herm, I'm curious, looking on from the outside, like what's on your wish list? I'm going to say league-wide sponsorships that bring down the cost of dues across the league. Interesting. Now, what are some maybe like areas of sponsorship that you think, like are you looking for like, like a league-wide jersey ad, like a league-wide streaming partner, like what do you like? What would this sponsor maybe like get in return for their services? I'd say something on the live stream. In the MASL, there are certain strategic partners that are on every single broadcast. They have a small little logo next to every single score bug. It's prominently placed. I think a company would do very, very well across the entirety of the ACHA and AAU college hockey to put their logo on. 500 plus live streams you'd get eyes on it for sure Uh, a lot more than a lot of professional sports leagues and probably for significantly less money as well well you kind of segued into my pick here and i think you would agree with this one i'm asking for live streams 
on my wish list. You know, I, I, I know it's different at every school. Some teams don't have the resources to do it, but I'm just hoping maybe more teams do have the resources to put together a live stream here. I've seen too many live barn clips. I, I want to see some streams here. Love broadcasters because it not only does it give your team exposure, but it allows some maybe young up and coming inspired broadcasters to get a start in the business as well. So on my wish list at the number one spot, live streams. Want to see more of them. Want to see them accessible. Love the free ones on YouTube. Um, those are always great. And yeah, I know Black Dog does a great job. They're hooking up teams as well, too. But Fitzy, what do you got on your wish list this year? I had a couple different ideas. I want to see more women's club hockey teams um, starting up. Uh, we saw Bama do it a couple weeks ago. And I know Indiana was, uh, I helped out the women's program there. They were getting off the ground when I was there. And I mean, obviously, it's it's good for the league as a whole for any girls out there listening to this it's you know an opportunity for them to continue to play hockey at, at whatever college they're at and um it's it's been shown that it can be done at these uh different schools so i hope other girls will uh take the initiative and try to get a club team going love that one hopefully there's some girls listening and tuning in to to learn more about club hockey and get a program started at their university as well starting to wrap up the show here i got a couple things want to talk about while we start picking up pucks first off I, i'm sure you guys saw the the photoshop hack job i did of, of biz's face he talked about on tnt the other night that he took classes at davenport university and i did my due diligence to make sure it was the same davenport university that we know and love in the michigan acha scene it was actually a different one he went to davenport's saginaw campus when he was playing for the saginaw spirit our good friend dylan clark who is a friend of the show got his start broadcasting in south carolina he is now the communications director for them and doing the play-by-play. So I want to give him a shout out, but imagine biz playing in the ACHA and taking classes. Uh, That would have been really funny to know. So check that out on Instagram if you haven't already. And then speaking of the Instagram, I'm taking a page out of the spin chicklets book because they've been, plugging their youtube page the last couple episodes so i want to plug our instagram page we are getting so so close to fifty thousand followers on instagram we are going to do an exciting giveaway when we get to fifty thousand. here thought about doing the giveaway to encourage people to follow and get us to 50k but i kind of want to reward our longtime listeners and followers with something when we get to 50k so we will hold back on what that is make sure you are following us on instagram if you don't have instagram get instagram make a profile follow hockey house pod if your friends want to learn more about club hockey the achaau college hockey make sure they are following along instagram is where we post a lot of our highlights a lot of our graphics all the up-to-date stuff that you can't get on a week-to-week basis you can get it on a daily basis if you follow the instagram page so check us out at hockey house pod on our instagram so we can hit 50k in this uh year before we get to 2024 so exciting things to come for hockey house pod fits what do you got for us on your way out the door I, I was gonna have something negative, but it's you know it's Christmas time. I can't I can't do that. I'll just say that I like Bauer sticks better than Warrior. We'll, we'll keep it at that. And uh, I just hope everyone has a uh, a, a good time uh, around the holidays here. Always fun getting together and talking with the boys. There we go. All right. Well, until next time, everybody enjoy being home. I know it's a stressful time of year. You just wrap up finals, or maybe you know you're home for the holidays with your family and you're doing a lot of traveling. We hope that. Listening to this show brings you some happiness, brings you some laughter, and you can maybe make fun of us for our jersey picks on on today's episode. So looking forward to a great uh, holiday season. We'll get through this. We'll get some ACHA AAU action before we know it, and everyone will be back on campus and we'll have plenty of coverage coming away. Be sure to follow along our social channels at Hockey House Pod, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and we'll see you next week. See you, boys. Yeah.